welcome to the Real Love Podcast. My name is Rachel Stevens. This is my husband, Zach Stevens. Hey. And we are so excited to really partner with you to help you win your world. And this month, we're focusing on how we can do that at home by bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. Mm-hmm. right where we live with the people we do life with the most. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about fighting mm-hmm. and how we fight. That's right. Uh, physically, really. When you think about, I think most, the most physical fights I was ever in was as a child. Uh-huh. I'm not in physical fights anymore. Right. <laughs> I would hope not. Uh, there was that time at Dollywood. There was a time at Dollywood. There was a time at Dollywood. It was my baby. Oh my gosh. That's not on our notes, but I'll tell that story. <laughs> my baby. Um, so we were, uh, we were at Dollywood, uh, which anytime we go to Dollywood is, uh, is usually non-consensual on my part, but we go to Dollywood. It's like Disney <clears throat> with more mullets and less magic. Yes. You're not even going to cite me nope. st- stealing, my, stealing, stealing my joke. And so, so we go there and who got sick? Which child? JL. Or, 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 River was a baby. Yeah. So JL gets sick. And so we're, yeah, either way we have to, we're at the farthest way that we can be from the car or from the train to get back. So mm-hmm. I'm carrying JL. She's getting her fever's getting worse and we're walking back and then um, we're waiting to get on the tram. It's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so it's so cold. And who had, does somebody have my mom has river strapped on? Yes. So she has river She's strapped in the baby carrier yeah, on, on like a, the papoose thing or whatever you call it. And I'm holding JL and everybody's trying to get on the tram because it's freezing cold. And, um, this other lady and is trying to get on, but she's trying to like block, uh, no, 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 Cheryl, Rachel's mom is trying to get on, but she's trying to like this block lady's it trying to where to shove through we can get so on. Can get she on. wants us to get on, but this lady wants to get on too. And so this lady is picking her kid up over my mother-in-law and shoving her way through. And it, let's not make it more than it, it was. She was shoving and her way she through. hits uh, she, <laughs> she hits, my baby. she hits river this with like a, like with her kid's foot or something like that. It's not a big deal at all. And then Rachel, Rachel does that. <laughs> my baby. <laughs> and I, I can't believe it's happening. And they're like, they're like, it, there, there was no official cuffs thrown, but they're like, they're fighting. And, and they're, and, and me and the husband are no both, actual fights, just emotional. It was as intense. redneck as you would think is what happens at Dollywood. And me and the husband, you know, because you think that. Usually like the husband's like he need to step in like we like we need to throw down or something. And we're both looking at each other thinking, what is happening right now? Like the spirit of Joe Dirt has got into our wives. And it 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 was it was rough. But it was rough. And um now that uh we've sufficiently aired my dirty laundry yeah, I'm fine with on that. the internet for all the world. How how when you were growing up, how did You're you fight welcome. how did y'all fight like you and your siblings? How did y'all fight at your house? So there are three of us and I have an older brother. I'm the middle of three, mm-hmm. and my brother's four years older than me, and he would he liked to watch wrestling. Obviously. WWE. And um, his specific move was to practice the lion tamer mm. on us. And you if you don't know what the lion tamer is, it is devastating. So painful. Oh. 
Pause. Like break your back. Oh. So pause right now. If you're on YouTube, just minimize this. Go find something else to watch about the just Lion Tamer. The, the Lion Tamer, it is devastating. And if your parents are listening to this and you're a child, feel free to try this on your siblings. But Don't do it. I had, I, I have a brother and a sister, and me and my brother, Micah, we fought all the time. We fought with knives and with, with blow guns and all this kind of stuff. But um, actually, one of the most proudest moments of me, because I have a sister too, and Faith is the oldest, and uh, she used to beat, her and Mike used to beat me up all the time. And I remember I was walking downstairs, we were cleaning up the house or whatever. And I was walking downstairs and I kept hearing something like, like splat beside me. And I, I was working and during football season, me and Mike would both buzz our heads. So you pull the helmet on and off, it's a little easier. And, um, and then something wet hit, hits me in the head. And I put my hand up there and my sister was up there and she had spit from the floor above me down and it hit me right in the head. And, um, I ran upstairs and I was fasting her. So I, and again, she had beat me up my whole life and I ran, I don't know how old I was. Um, I was probably like maybe in eighth grade. I don't know what it was. No. And so I don't know. So I catch her and I'm on top of faith and I'm holding her arms down. <laughs> and I, but I remember distinctly, am I bragging about beating up a girl? 100%. Do I, is it the only time I've gotten to fight with a girl? It's not. But guys, that's not what this is about. I'm we realizing this is getting more terrible. incriminating. Either way, this will be people's favorites. Either way, everybody has a way, like whether it's with friends growing up or may, maybe it was just maybe it was just fighting with your words, but we all had a way that we fought growing up. Uh, but the turn into the kingdom of God, and you may wonder how in the world they're going to connect <laughs> us to the kingdom of God. Um, what about how you fight spiritually? Um, or maybe as, as you've grown up, how do you fight spiritually, emotionally, relationally? Because I would suggest these are fights that we have to know how to win, especially that foundation of the spiritual fight. And so the question that we want to get to, but we have to do something first. The question we want to get to is, is, is what do we use to fight that way? Like what do we use to fight spiritually, emotionally, stuff like that? But how I think, do I fight as a Christ follower? Yeah. But I think before that we have to know that there is a spiritual fight. I mean, because if we're candid, do we really believe that? But there definitely is a spiritual fight going on. Oh, yeah. There's so much more than what you see. We can look in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 12 and 13, and it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Hey, just right there, I think, for Start our there. for our struggle. Yeah, our fight. If you're struggling, if you're fighting, there's not, there's, there's not something wrong with you. Like, it's biblical. Right. Paul, this guy wrote 13 books in the New Testament for our struggle. And so there, there's just a struggle. Keep keep going. Yeah. But I just want us to find encouragement. I mean. You will suffer. Yeah. You, you have. There is a fight you're engaged in, whether right. you want there to be or not. 100%. Um, and so it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. That's right. So stand. Like so, stand. we we are supposed to be able to fight back. But again, he he says that our fight is not against flesh and blood. And so I I think this is one of the enemy's best tools right now is he has us fighting each other. 
mm-hmm. whether it's politically or whether it's preferentially, whatever it might be, we're fighting each other instead of looking at the root, which again, it says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities and powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces in the evil. There is a spiritual battle going on, which we're not going to go into it, but just to encourage you, if you're looking to grow spiritually, you can read verses 14 through 17. It walks you through the armor of God. If you're looking for something to pray when you wake up, your quiet time, unbelievable stuff there to take that deeper. But just to start from a biblical place, that there is a spiritual battle going on. Maybe you've been fighting physical or relational battles for years and you never felt like you've won, well, maybe you're losing a spiritual battle that you don't know you're in. I guarantee there's no way you win a fight that you don't know that you're in. And if I can, I mean, like we make light of the Dollywood story now, but I lost a spiritual battle in that moment. It really wasn't. I was so afraid because JL was sick. I was, uh, I'm, you know, a mom, I'm feeling um, like a failure. So I'm struggling with my security, my value, my worth, and the enemy is coming after me. And so what I do, I don't fight against the spirit of fear. I don't settle into my identity in Christ. Instead, I grapple onto whatever I can try and control in the natural, right. and I lose. And to the woman at the tram, I'm so sorry. If we ever meet fight you, the right I'm battle. so sorry. So how- if your mom <laughs> listens to this, she's going to be so mad at oh, me. She, that's okay. She she can be mad at you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we love my mom. She's the best. We do. She is. Okay. So we, okay. So we agree. There's a fight. There's a fight outside of the physical. There's a spiritual realm. And I want to know, like, how do I go to the next level? How do I see beyond and really start in my home people who combat in the spiritual realm? Yeah. So the, so just, so, just to reiterate, the main thing we want you to know today is that there's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. It's biblical. This is not the only place we see it, but this is a very clear place. Again, Ephesians 6, 12, and 13. Uh, but we want you to know that. But a lot of people do know that. And so as we move forward, how do we fight? That's what Rachel's saying. How do we do that? And before we get into some practical ways, um, just a question. We like to ask questions, and I hope that you I hope that you even pause and answer these questions. I think reflection is huge. But um are just a question for you to think about, hey, am I fighting this spiritual battle? Are there warriors in your home? So you think about your spouse or your roommate or your kids, are there warriors in your home? And the definition, like the whatever, I don't know if it's Webster's, whatever we pulled up on 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 Google there. Google's but Google's definition. The definition of warrior, it first of all, it's it has in in parentheses, especially in former times. I think that's important because the thought of like warring and being a, and and battling it seems like something of old. Like it's not something that you know we focus on now. Just even by the definition, especially in former times, it says a brave or experienced soldier or fighter. And so that brave part, uh, you know, when you get backed into a corner and it's kind of that fight or flight thing. I think a lot of people will fight if they get backed into a corner. But we really want you to be because that. Spiritual battles going on all the time. We really want you, we want your kids, we want your people you love to be experienced warriors when it comes to winning spiritual battles because there really are. There's so many a day. Like you said, again, the Dolly one, when there there was a battle there that we lost, mm-hmm. right? And then and and we didn't even know we lost it until reflecting on it years later. 
Um, well, and, so, and how do you know you're brave if you're on the offense? You're not backed into a corner. You may fight when you're in a corner, but hey, a brave warrior, they don't wait until they're in a corner. They're on the offensive. They're going against. They're going to look for it. Yeah, and so but we're going to get into the practical, but mm-hmm. when did spiritual warfare, when did that become real for you? I think for me, spiritual warfare became real when I uh, I was actually an intern. It was your mom Mm -hmm. who really started to educate me on the the things that were coming against um, me as a believer. And so she taught me about the strong man. And she taught me how there were things that I was experiencing and, and in the ministry and the people that we led as an intern. I mean, I'm 16 years old and I... Um, and learning that there is this like there's this other realm and there is a spirit of anger and a spirit of Jezebel and this like there are things that are coming after me and I'm seeing the effects of these things in my life. And when I started to change the way I fought, which she taught me how to fight against these things, I saw shifts not only in my life, but in the lives of people around me. Mm-hmm. So it became very real. Yeah. No, and, and again, I. I want to encourage you because this it's not easy. Like even you taught you even named some of those things, the strong man, spirit of Jezebel, like some of these some of these things. But again, and we're, we are going to get very practical. So don't feel like this is just an over spiritualization. Again, starting with Ephesians six, mm-hmm. there is a spiritual battle raging for sure. Like this is not something that we're just making up. Um, but before we get into the, this practical deal, again, something I think that is so important and so true for us is, uh, and again, if it's in the form of another question, by us not focusing on spiritual warfare, are we weaponless? And so by us, as maybe your family, my family, your home, are by the fact that we haven't focused on spiritual warfare, are we weaponless? And because let me tell you, if you want to make somebody powerless, you make them weaponless. And uh, mm-hmm. in, in 1 Samuel 13, 19 through 22, and I, I won't read it all to you, I should read you a, a snippet, but right here, the Israelites are in slavery to the Philistines. And it's very, and they kept them in slavery for a long time. And this actually tells you why. In 1 Samuel 13 and verse 19, it says, there was there, not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel. So not one blacksmith, they took all the blacksmiths away because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews, that's God's people, the Israelites, will make swords and spears. So all Israel went down uh, to the Philistines to have their plow, uh, their, their, their plows pointed, their mattocks, axes and sickles sharpened. So what, again, long story short, they took all the blacksmiths out of Israel, and even if they wanted to get their 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 tools sharpened, they had to go to their 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 master. And so, even whenever you're thinking about how think think about this way, it like whenever you're thinking about how you fight with your marriage, like are you watching like daytime counseling shows? Like you watching Maury, or are you watching like TikTok? Um, you know, uh, relationship advice is that, are we going to the world to figure out how to fight? Cause that's super concerning, right? Uh, so, so I just want us to see, we see biblically that the oppressors of God's people, they took their, not only they take their weapons away, but they took their ability to make weapons away. But luckily God always makes a way for us to be able to be successful, for us to be able to fight 
back. And so, hey, we've got A through E. We have A through E of things that you can do. We're going to roll through these uh, things that you can do to grow warriors in your home Mm -hmm. for you to fight. And so I just want to encourage you to grab one or two of these things and to commit to do them so that you can grow in being a somebody who wars in the spiritual. And so, babe, why don't you start us out? So letter A is for accountability. Mm-hmm. So if we have accountability in our life and accountability for ourselves and for others, we will see warriors raised up. So what does what does accountability mean yeah. to you? And so, like, some of it, oh, oh I have a great, something I love about accountability. Um, one of my friends, Clay Linkus, uh, I was asking him to hold me accountable about something. And he said, Hey, here's my definition of accountability, which is my favorite one I've ever heard. He said, uh, accountability is you giving account of your ability. And so there is a very proactive part of accountability where you are telling somebody, here's what I'm capable of. And here's where I'm falling short, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's in purity or in growth or or whatever it might be. But then also if you have somebody you love, like, again, I love Rachel and I review her growth plan every Thursday from four to five. I review our growth plans. I do some things and I usually try to send her a text. Hey, you're doing great here. Hey, let's focus on this thing together. How can I serve you in this? But accountability is, it's really, it's not super complicated. It's just bringing up something that somebody said they wanted to do, mm-hmm. something that they committed to do. And again, you talk about spiritually, uh, how, how we're warring there. What progress did somebody say they wanted to make? and making that consistent. And so we talked about as, as adults, but with our kids, again, we have an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and Valor will be too soon. But I'll ask them, I'll tell Jay, I'll tell them about your day. And a lot of parents will say, well, my kids don't really tell me. Well, they don't get to get up from the dinner table until she tells me about her day. And same thing with the river. Like, you, if you want dessert, if you want to get up, if you want to have snuggle time, before that, you have to tell me about your day. This is one of the things we celebrate in our home. We talked about in our last podcast about winning, like what are the wins in your home? And one of the wins is accountability. Yeah. And I, and I would just say uh, accountability is is having a consistent conversation. Uh, accountability is bringing up and really reporting out on something that we said that we wanted to do. And we've all fallen short on a goal that we wanted to accomplish that we could have accomplished. And I bet a lack of accountability was part of the shortfall, if I had to guess. Yeah. So we have um, B. A is accountability. You know, who are you telling about your day? Who are you telling what you're thinking, your shortcomings, where you're winning? And then uh, B is your Bible. The Word of God is one of the weapons. You know, when you go back to Ephesians uh, 6, if you go and look at verses 14 through 17, you see that the weapons that God's given you, he has armored you with truth. He's given you righteousness. He's given you faith. And he's given you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so our Bible is an incredible weapon as we walk into spiritual warfare and raising up warriors. So there are a couple of ways that, you can get into your Bible. You know, Zach and I, we choose to, I mean, every single morning, Zach's chosen a rhythm where he gets up, he goes to the gym, and then um, he tell, takes JL to school, and then he takes an hour to, two, you know, one to two hours, depending on what the, the rest of the day will look like, and just is in the Word. And we've, um, we do that with our kids as well. Mm-hmm. Every night, um, they just call Bible time. 
And we use, um, there's a kids you version app mm -hmm. and they do a Bible story on there, but also the adult you version app, it has some incredible resources yeah. too. You go to the, uh, you just go to the homepage, you scroll all to the bottom and there's a kid's experience every day. And it's, it's got, a, it's got a little video, but then to ask a super penetrating question. Um, and it's led to some very powerful conversation between me and JL. They both like the, the version kids app, which I, you have to get that. It's set up mm -hmm. like angry birds. It's so good. Uh, but that, that other one's a little above river's head, but he listens. Right. And it's not, you don't, you don't have to have a degree. You don't have it's, you just have to be there and be consistent and you're smart enough to find the answers. There's people out there building whole houses from dang YouTube videos, right? You you can disciple your kids in Absolutely. God's word. You can do that. Hey, something else, if you're an adult, want to grow in your Bible, your group, there's a book I read this year called How to Eat Your Bible uh, by Nate. How was that last name? Pickowitz. Pickowitz. I was going to blow that. So How to Eat Your Bible. Great book. Uh, if you just step forward in, again, part of being a, uh, be able to war spiritually is knowing God's word, is the reminder that there is an eternity, that there is a spiritual war going on. Um, and it's just it's just key that you cannot win a spiritual war without being filled with God's word. It's just, it just, it's just impossible. Mm -hmm. And so we have accountability, we have Bible, and this other one, I love this, we have conversations. And so conversation, making a consistent conversation, and you may be, well, you talked about that in accountability. Well, I conversation, I'm really talking about your conversation with God. And I don't want your prayer life just to be something where you have to just sit, be sitting there journaling. But every day before I go to the gym, I wake up and it's just been something I've trained myself to do. I think about God first. And so I'm having this conversation with God. And I, I say this, God, help me to let you love me today. And that's that may so be a, it may be a silly thing to pray, but that's my how my conversation starts. And then I have a conversation with the end of the day. Uh, but then, but the conversation not only am I'm having with God, but the conversation I'm having with people about their relationship with God. It, you again, you want to look back on the battles that you really care about. Your conversations will lead you there. Um, and something I love about you, Rachel, and uh, I'll tell myself here a little bit, even though I'm the quote unquote pastor. Um, I do it, accuse you quite often about over spiritualizing things. Mm -hmm. um, and so because your yes. your your conversation will always get to that point. And so, you know, how do you how do you feel like you do that where you are, you know, what what brings your mind always back to the, the spiritual no matter what you're doing? Honestly, because it's so real to me. There's always some, there's always something deeper when I'm struggling with something, when you're struggling with something, most of the time, it's not, um, it's a, tr there's a trust issue, uh, at some level. So when like, we're concerned about our finances and we're wrestling with what we're going to do, and it just seems to be stirring anxiety and fear. It's like, Hey, you know, I serve, like, I think that there is that we're concerned about provision and we trust the Lord. So there is something coming against us that wants us to not trust God right now. So I'm mm -hmm. going to buckle on that belt of truth and I'm going to pull out the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to speak over the situation that my God is faithful. He's um, Jehovah Rapha and, and he is um, Jehovah Shalom. And these are, these are the names of God that in this situation change, I can speak into that situation and change what we're thinking and feeling. Yeah. So your accountability leads you to being mm -hmm. a warrior uh, in the in the supernatural kingdom of God. Your Bible, 
your conversations. Hey, and in that conversation, Ephesians 6.18, it says pray at all times in the spirit. Pray mm-hmm. all times in the spirit. And I think that is one of the things that we miss as believers. This is a huge growth point for me that I've worked that I've been really working on this year. It's like always praying. Mm-hmm. Always. And those that's why a lot of times I'll see more, it'll be like, hey, this is spiritual because I am, I'm talking to God about it right now while we're in the middle of it. I'm talking to the Lord and he exposes things to me that I would never have seen on my own. Right. And it's just hard. It's hard because even sitting here now, I'm like, God, oh, it seems awfully spiritual, right? <laughs> well, um, I am. You know, spiritual. and so, but again, we talked about a couple weeks ago in Romans 8, I believe it's Romans 8, 11, and it says that those in the realm of the flesh, do not please God, oh, but yeah. it's those in the realm of the Spirit. And so, you so, are, um, so we have accountability, Bible, conversations, and then disciplines. Disciplines. I do not like disciplines. I know you don't care for disciplines. Um, I, I'm I'm a big proponent of disciplines. A, I prefer that unicorn life. I know you do, babe. I know. I know. If you're if if you're familiar with the Enneagram, Rachel is a three four, which is the most complicated arrangement you can have. Which, according to a book. Yeah, have. according to a book called Road Back to You that we read. But uh, a three four is a, the achiever and the individualist. So. Somebody who wants rules and to be a unicorn at the same time. It's a real complicated life she lives. But I would just ask you, when it comes to your spiritual training, when it comes to your spiritual warring, do you have discipline? Do you have discipline? So for me, again, I've been pursuing God for a long time. But what what I would tell you is this year I've added a new discipline uh, that I (laughs) really don't care for, but it's affected me in a pretty incredible way. Uh, which is a lot more fasting than usual. So I'm doing two 21-day fasts this year, one in January, one in August. I do three days at the beginning of every month, and I do one day a week. And actually, today happens to be one of those days and that I'm fasting. I was telling Rachel, said, every time I fast, I, I just don't like it. Um, and what I'd say is it's me putting my spiritual foot on my flesh mm-hmm. and I'm fasting, I'm fasting food those days, you know? And so like just not eating, just drinking. And but then whenever I, whenever I want food, I just think, God, I miss you. I miss you. I want to be with you. I want intimacy with you. But again, it's just a discipline. And so a discipline, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, if anyway, discipline doesn't have to be something you're good at. It doesn't have to be something you like, uh, but it is definitely something where you're saying, Hey, I'm going to put, I'm going to have discipline to put the spiritual before uh, the natural. But again, without accountability, Bible, and conversations, these disciplines are borderline impossible to keep unless mm-hmm. you have the very specific personality type, but that is not the usual. So don't feel bad about yourself if you feel like you're not disciplined whenever you haven't added accountability, Bible, or conversation to those things. But what are the disciplines that you need to add? What are the disciplines that you need to have a part of your life? Bible, are they, or is it, is it prayer? What, what is it that's going to make you a more effective spiritual warrior? Um, and so those disciplines are, are so key. And I'm super excited about our last one because this last one's been something that's really been affecting us uh, just as a family and as a church. But why don't you start, talk about that last one. So we are, um, our last letter of E is experiences. Mm-hmm. So exposing yourself and the warriors that you're raising up, the people you lead, your children and your home to experiences of God, watching and experiencing spiritual warfare 
training them how to do it and then watching other people win it. But being in spaces where God is elevated Mm -hmm. and you see him moving and doing things is pretty powerful. One of the things that we've done in our home, and this is so great. um, There are friends, the Godfrey's gave us this box uh, several years ago and had white rocks in it. And it's this um, monument that you would build in your home on and on every rock you would write when God uh, moved in your life or healed somebody you know or whatever so we have now we had filled the box up and now we're into a glass jar and this um we're filling this jar up with these moments these experiences of when god moved we watched um the kingdom of heaven advance Mm -hmm. so we're celebrating and elevating those experiences yeah and what i like about that i don't know about you but growing up mom had these precious moments and you were not allowed to touch mom's precious moments me and micah broke a few of those, uh, but our, our house, you, you, we don't want you to touch those white rocks. Like you, you could, you could like look at them. You could pick one up and read like the miracle that was on it, but you're not allowed to take that outside and play with it or whatever. Like these are, these are sacred moments that we remember, um, that, that, that we prayed for and begged God for. And every time somebody gets saved, like we, we, and it, it's really, it's my dream that it's the centerpiece of our home. Mm-hmm. That right now it's went from a little box to a, a a bigger jar, and I would do pray that one day it's a big table uh, with with something over it that we're continuing to add those things to. But what experiences do they do do they have? Like what you, whether it's your kids or your friends or whatever it is. Like how often are you sharing these these spiritual experiences where you pray for someone to be healed, or you shared your faith, or you defended your faith, or or what, whatever it might be. But there there's something. So, and I, I just to be super candid, a little crass about it, until there's experiences, is it real? You know what I'm saying? Like we we talk so much about faith and we talk about living the kingdom of God, but you look in the gospels and you look in the New Testament and there's these clear signs of the kingdom of God, uh, that people are coming back to life spiritually, uh, that people are healed, uh, that people are sharing their faith, that people are being baptized, that the church is growing. That, and, and so my my encouragement to you, especially, hey, parents, are your kids experiencing God moving? Like we get so excited to tell our kids about uh, about whenever we see somebody healed or whenever mm-hmm. we get to share our faith, or we get excited for them to share when they've done those things. Mm-hmm. And so they need experiences. The experience could start as simple as them praying. I've got this video, one of my favorite videos when I, I, I hurt my ankle uh, when we were working out on vacation and totally prompted by River, uh, our son. At that time, he was probably three, I guess. Yeah. And he said, Daddy, can I pray for your ankle? Um, and so, which it wasn't healed in that moment, but what it shows is that he is seeing experiences where God moves. And so are you living a life that is showing experiences to people around you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because really our hope for your family, people talk so much about it's a dark culture right now, like things are dark and all that kind of stuff. There's so much division. You have to be so careful, all that kind of stuff. Um, But there's this this saying I heard one time that I loved. And uh, back in the 90s and and during during I believe it was it was Vietnam uh, the the US Army had this slogan called we own the night we own the night and the reason that they would say we own the night is because of some innovation in 
uh, night vision vision technology uh, for their weapons and things like that that was far beyond what anybody else had. And so during, I believe it was the beginning of World War II and some time in Afghanistan and, and during Vietnam, uh, America re- are, it, the, you know, really dominated in a lot of ways, especially when it came to nighttime warfare. And I think about in a time where the, the culture seems dark and there's a lot of people getting introverted. There's a lot of stuff where it's just like, oh, man, I just want to hold on to what I have. I really think that we should own the night. And in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus actually says that we are the light of the world, mm-hmm. you know, that because of what he's done in us. And so we should own the night by bringing the light, That's you right. know. And so like these things that we've talked about in accountability and Bible, conversation, discipline and experiences, we, we live these things out as a family as as friends, as marriages, as a church, uh, we will we will own the night mm-hmm. by bringing the light into it, uh, which is something that I I just love so much. And I know there's another passage that you brought up um, just to, just to help wrap us up, but this is so key for us to focus on. Yeah, just as we end today, just to think about. The weapons, you know, you may not have night vision goggles, but God did give you weapons. And 2 Corinthians 10.4 says that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They are not full of rage and anger and violence, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So these things of accountability, getting in your word, praying, these disciplines of fasting, speaking the name of Jesus, experiencing God, they don't happen unless you have a relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. and you've surrendered your heart. These weapons are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and seeing the kingdom of heaven brought to earth. That's right. And hey, it says the weapons of our warfare. It it doesn't say like if you go to church as many times, you pray this amount of time during the week. If you're if you know, if, if you tied this amount, if you're a believer, the weapons of your warfare, not carnal, but they're mighty for pulling down strongholds. And so you are a warrior. That's what you are spiritually. And so I want to encourage you to fight the fight that you've been called to do. This is a great study. There's so much in it um, as far as being a spiritual warrior. Paul says that he wants to fight the good fight to run the race. And so uh, this is what we do. We love you so much. And we just pray that you will fight to bring the kingdom to earth. As we talked about in the last podcast, that Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come and you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we will have to fight for that. So we love you so much. Uh, we pr- we're praying that your life and the lives of the people around you literally are never the same. Why not? The same God that raised you from the dead lives in you. Why not? Uh, why, why would the revival not start with you? You're a warrior. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. Uh, so, hey, let's live this way. Let's fight. And let's win the world this week. Have a great week.